The Anton Savage Show Sunday. Brought to you by PwC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. Next guest is a man who, of course, has been on uh, big screens and some of the sort of iconic uh, big screen productions of uh, Irish film history. He has, of course, spent a lot of time on the small screen in various roles, ranging from Remington Steelway back in the day through to being, I think, one of the broadest serving cast members in Star Trek given the various different aspects of Star Trek in which he was at. We can get all of that from him. He's now moving into the family business of acting because he was in a play recently with his own daughter. He is, of course, the one and only Colin Meany. Good morning, Colin. Good morning. How are you? Before we talk about all things acting and all of the rest of it, I do, I, I know you have been long vocal in politics and I thought, given that we were talking earlier to Darrell O'Brien about the um, housing crisis, it struck me as something about which you might have some thoughts because I, I don't doubt that it is an issue that you have been following and probably have opinions on. I grew up in a, in a corporation house in Dublin, you know, in Finglas. We were delivering houses in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, 60s. Uh, it's, it's beyond my comprehension what is wrong that we can't deliver housing now. We have a problem that's existed for so long and, and, and that is so basic, you know. And explain one thing to me, Colin. When did you get involved in politics? Because you were politically active very young, weren't you? Yes, I was. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in my teens, I became, you know, very interested. And how did you square the radical politics with acting? Because I mean, no, I, I don't mean in, in anything negative to either um, line of, of work or interest, but they're not always obvious bedfellows. Um, not maybe not obvious bedfellows, but a lot of actors are political, you know, um, and 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 try to use whatever that awful word celebrity, you know, uh, try to use whatever you know standing they have to to affect change, um, which I think is a good thing. Um, I, I was a membership fan in my teen years, long before before the troubles even. And I remember one of the guys in the party saying to me, because I had a dilemma, like I, I, I couldn't devote time to both. I was in the, going into the School of Action at the Abbey. And, and he said to me, look, you know, you do your job and do it well. And that, and, and, and as long as you, you know, support the party, that's, that's, that's good enough. You know, you can't, you know, you can't stretch yourself too thin, you know. When, what so year, around about what time, Colin, would you have gone into the Abbey School? Um, I was like 17, uh, which would have been 60, 68, 68, 69. Which was kind of a, a heyday. I mean, that was sort of around the time Ray McAnally was involved, wasn't he, around that stage? That must have been a hell of an experience uh, Well, well to be actually, in. The, it was a terrific way to learn the craft. We, it was a part-time evening course, uh, but we were used in small parts in productions of the Abbey and the Peacock and, you know, Walk On, and we did ASM, Assistant Stage Manager and all that stuff. So it was almost like an apprenticeship, you know. And there were great people there, you know. Uh, Pat Alain, Bill Foley in the school. Donald McCann was around. Pat Laffin was a great mentor to me. So you mentioned earlier on, when you were talking about the politics, you said about the thing of sort of using celebrity status to um, further political ideal. At what point did you get the sense that you had transitioned from jobbing theatre actor to celeb? When did you first feel that well, bit well, of well, recognition? I have to say, Anton, I hate that word celebrity. <laughs> I always reject it. 
You know what I mean? Ah, well, there's still a thing, Colin, where people point at you and go, oh, look, it's your man. Like that. I don't know, is there a better term for that? But when did you feel that start? I suppose with the Star Trek job. um, And did you find it difficult? No, well, I always had the felt, you know, you know. I mean, first of all, I mean, I've never had the, well, except for a while in Dublin, poor old Pat Laughlin and I used to, after the, the snapper, we used to get <laughs> some real run around Dublin, you know, like literally tribes of like six to nine year olds running after you screaming, you know, if uh, Laughlin and I went out together. So when they did run after you, what did they say? Because I assume you still get lines from either the snap of the van or the commitments thrown at you. Well, the, the favourite is like um, uh, Snip Snip Georgie Burgess. Uh, uh, you know, God sent him on a Suzuki. I still think the I'll, I'll go brush me teeth yeah. is one of the great lines of all time. Listen, Roddy's a genius. You know what I mean? Roddy Doyle is a, is a genius. The, the, the dialogue in those films was just you know, beyond anything that ever I think anybody had ever written before. Well, I was intrigued by seeing Roddy Doyle say that he wonders whether or not the, the books and the films could be made nowadays. I mean, if you if you take the Snapper's case in point, I wonder would it be seen yeah. through a different eye now? I, I, I suspect it would be, yeah. I mean, there's certainly um, a different time, a different meaning, a different perception. I mean, the good thing about the, the Snapper, I think especially, though, was that it, it, it was very ahead of its time, really, in a way. In terms, in terms of that, in terms of like the the perception of it, like a, a single pregnant teenage girl, you know, and her dad turns out to be very supportive. Yes, that and was, in, and in a very sort of raw, natural way. I mean, that was a, that was even you know those Jesus thirty years ago now, I guess. But like for the time, that that was unusual. You know, that was very progressive. And you mentioned being having grown up in, in a, a corporation house in Finglas. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of the, the um, Snapper was filmed in around Kilbarrick, isn't that right? Isn't that where most of it was? Yes, filmed? yes, exactly, yeah. Did yes. you believe that the geography and that the characterization was true to life? Because th- that would have been writing about a lot of what you would have known growing up. Did it feel yeah, true? Very much so, very much so. I mean, Roddy's, Roddy's his, you know, his... his his ear, his um, for 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 dialogue, and his understanding, and 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 his his love of you know the people and he he grew up with the kids he was teaching was really evident, you know. I assume there comes a point because you mentioned the sort of the the uh, though we, you hate that word, but the sort of the fame that came with the Star Trek appearances. Does that leave you in a position where you can pick and choose gigs? Do you be able to say I will do a bit of theatre now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the higher your profile, the more offers you get, the more you know, more choosy you can be. Um, and 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 actually, I suppose with the Snapper and being nominated for a Golden Globe Award, that sort of raised my profile um, in America as well. And given that context, what do you like to do? Do you prefer the TV work, the film work, the theatre? I don't know. Theatre is very, very hard work, as I can testify afresh, having done the play with my daughter this summer at Two Hander. Uh, and, I, and I told her before we did it, I said, this might kill me. <laughs> and, uh, she says, well, we, we, you know, we, we, we'll get over that. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, oddly enough, I mean, I... I you know, there was usually a 10-year gap between me doing plays from, like, the, the I guess, the the 80s, the early 80s, you know. I was, I was working 
pretty much exclusively in television and film. And uh, then in 99, I did a play. I did two plays, actually. One in New York, one in London. And then in 07, I did uh, a show at the Old Vic with uh, Kevin Spacey. And then it was uh, 2018 before I did a play again. But this, in the last, <laughs> since then, I've done three plays, which I don't know why. What's wrong with me? <laughs> But is, is there not some? Uh, maybe maybe I'm looking at this through entirely false rose-tinted glasses. But I would have always thought, from an actor's perspective, that there is something about having a live audience to feed off that must yeah. be rewarding. Yeah, no, it is, and, and, and I say I say that half jokingly. I mean, it's, it's I love the theatre. I love uh, I, 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 you know, I kind of it's where I I, I learn my craft. It's where I. You know, where, where, where I, I, the first 10, 12 years of my life, of my career, I did nothing but theatre. So it's, it, I do love it. Um, and it is, I think, a one, I, I love going to the theatre as well. Um, it's just hard work. <laughs> well, you mentioned having done the play with Brenda. Is it harder work to do it with a family member? No, not at all. No, 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 no. Actually, I was, I mean, Brenda and I were curious about that, what it would be like to work together. We'd, we'd done a film together a couple of years ago, but um, it was, it, it, we didn't really have a whole lot to do together with each other. We didn't have a lot of scenes together. But uh, we were curious about that. And it actually, it was, it was, it was extraordinary. You know, from day one in the rehearsal room, it was just like working with any other actress for me. And, and I, the same for her, I think. Is it, is it not uh, difficult know. to still be the da and to sort of be either offering unwanted advice or giving instruction? Like, do you not have to hold back a no, lot? No, in fact, it was, the, it was the opposite, I think. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> she tends to be the one giving me the advice. <laughs> <laughs> she give me a hard time never saying that. But then. You mentioned earlier on, you were talking about the, the previous plays that you had done and you said you were in the old Vic with Kevin. That being, of course, Kevin Spacey. What did you make of what happened with Spacey after the period that you would have known him? Um, I think it was, I, I don't know, I, I think they were out to get him in, in England especially. I mean, when, when we, 07, uh, he had, you know, he'd taken over a year or two before. I mean, Kevin did an extraordinary thing at the old Vic. He said he, it was going to be demolished, you know? And and he he took over and he said, I'm going to save this theatre and I'm going to establish an endowment for it that it will always be here. And he did. And he said he'd stay 10 years and he did. I mean, he's an extraordinary operator, Kevin. You know, he's, he's, he's a, I mean, he, he could, he was a great friend of Bill Clinton. And I always think there was a sort of a, a uh, similarity there that they were both operatives of a very high caliber, you know, <laughs> Machiavellian in many ways. But but you know, but I think the English press were out to get him from the, from an early early stage, and and equally actually in there because we transferred that move for the mystery gotten to New York, and Kevin was not nominated for a Tony Award, and he just magnificent did it, and it, it, he put it down to uh, sort of like the fact that. A lot of the gay the, the, the gay reviewers in New York um, were out to get him because he had not come out of the closet. You know, he chose not to, um, which was his, his right. Um, you know, so it's, it's a very contentious issue. But I, I, I mean, obviously, listen, believe me, Kevin is no saint, and he some of his behaviour was despicable. You know, um, and do you think the career I, will I, recover? I doubt it. I doubt it very much. 
which is kind of a pity because he's a wonderful actor, you know. When you're looking at your your own, I was talking about being able to choose whether you do TV or do films or do do, do theatre. Do you do you aspire to either work with certain actors or to do certain productions? Like, do you find yourself thinking, God, someday I'd love to be in that production or I'd love to work with that actor? Not, not really. Um, not specifically like that. I, 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 I um, remember recently I was working in, um, uh, in at the Missouri Film Festival and I was um, a Chinese uh, producer who had worked on a film I'd done asked me, what are the parts I've never played that I'd love to play? And I just said to him, um, a pirate, I've never played a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked to me like, what? And then he said to me, that's great, I'm going to do a pirate film next year, next year in, in, in Malaysia. Uh, so we'll be in touch. Oh, okay, cool. We'll see. Uh, but but no, you, you know what I mean? It's... it's um, uh, I that, love that it's not a specific level. pirate, just yeah, any yeah. pirate. That's the kind of level. That's the kind of that's, <laughs> that's the kind of level I operate on. You know. But 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 the but the it's funny, you know. The reverse is actually true. That I mean, the reason I did three plays uh, when I swore I'd never do a play again was because of the the what the, 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 the plays they were and the parts they were like when you're offered Big Daddy in Cat in the Hot Tin Roof. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're any actor worth his salt has to do it. You know, you can't you can't duck that one. And equally with Harry Hope, I did uh, that in Iceland, Cumberland, on Broadway. And my real no, that was that was with uh, Denzel Washington uh, playing Hickey. And my real reason for doing that was actually the director George Wolf. George C. Wolf had done the original Angels in America production in uh, 1990, which I saw. And I swore when I saw that, I said, if I ever get a chance to work with that director, I, I got to do it. You know, so so there's different motivations. Usually it's the play and the part. Um, and it's not that I go around, like, looking for them, but when they come to you, you know, you can't duck them. Now, I'm I'm sorry to ask a, a, about a, a fellow actor, but I, I'm too curious not to. I was watching a, a, an interview recently where Denzel Washington was in a sort of a group thing and there was a lot of actors st- sitting around and they were talking about how difficult and challenging it was to be actors and how difficult and challenging the craft was and blah, blah, blah. And in the middle of it, Denzel Washington cut in and said, I worked a garbage route. And if you want to know what hard work is, try working a garbage route. And it it was it was interesting to see the sort of the atmosphere yeah. change in the room. I thought, yeah. I wonder what he's like because there seems to be an edge there. Is he challenging to work well, that's, with? Or? That's that's him. He's he's brilliant to work with. He's he's uh, he works so hard. He uh, his energy level is extraordinary. And I mean, to me, I think he's he's the greatest actor of my generation. You know. You'd go that far. He really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, his theatre work, I mean, to be on stage with him is just like a force of nature, you know, it's extraordinary. The final thing that I want to ask you, Callum, I was, I was listening to um, Liam Neeson be interviewed a while ago and he was talking about being in Star Wars and he said that he gets these people coming up to him to ask things about, like, how do you will the lightsaber into existence? And I, he said he, he gets quite a kick out of telling them there's an on-off switch and watching their face fall at this discovery. <laughs> what do you do about Trekkies? Because they are a unique set of people and I assume they attach themselves to you when they get the opportunity. 
Yeah, well, actually, you know, I, I, I know there's the whole Saturday Night Live thing of, you know, Shatner uh, telling them to get a life and all that, but I've actually always found Star Trek fans to be, to be grand. They, uh, they want to say hello, they want to say what they, they give you their little uh, spiel about something, and then they, they leave you alone. It's like the professional fans, you know, they know the <laughs> etiquette, they know the... <laughs> You know, they know how to behave, whereas they, they will sit down and try to have dinner with you, you know? <laughs> um, so I've always appreciated that in the Star Trek fans. But but I, I, then again, I have been uh, I have been shouted at the, the conventions because I haven't... Uh, I, I haven't known enough about the technicalities of of, of the uh, warp speed or something, you know. You can't tell a dilithium crystal when you see one in a lineup, can you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I once made the mistake of saying that it was one of the one of the movies, the Next Generation movies, was about uh, the. It was I confused whales with dolphins, I think. And I said, you know, when they went to save the dolphins, they just roar of the people whales, whales. <laughs> that was yeah that was when they went back in time to San Francisco if I remember rightly the great yeah. line from that movie is are you from outer space to which Shatner says no I just work there I'm from Montana <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Colm, it has been a great pleasure talking to you. I wish we had the time to be able to keep going because I think we could get uh, hours more of good crack from you. It is, I really appreciate you taking the time because I know you have bigger fish to fry. But lovely to talk to you. Colm Meany, thanks again. Thanks, Anton. The Anton Savage Show. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday mornings from 10. On News Talk.